Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Oregon State's president, Giothi Murthy, coming out today saying that uh, she believes that the best path forward for Oregon State is for the uh, four remaining members of the conference to rebuild. She says preserving the Pac-12 is in the best interest of Oregon State student-athletes and the remaining universities. You're free to roll your eyes at the term student-athlete these days. Uh, our next guest, Tom Wistersill, is the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, He's got a conference of teams that are uh, excited to have their season kick off, but he's also got a great vantage point on what's happening in college football. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks for joining us. John, always good to be with you, my fellow bald-faced man. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hey, give me from your standpoint, you're in the big sky, but you're, you know, you're you're tuned into what's happening. What is the last 8 or 10 days or maybe 8 or 10 months look like to you? So, I mean, you know, kind of focusing on the issue at hand, quite frankly, for someone like me who's a lifelong college sports person, fan as a youngster, and now part of as my professional career, uh, it's really sad. Uh, that's probably the best way I can put it, um, you know, to see what's happened, that rivalries have just been thrown out the window and and schools like a Stanford and, and, and the others you just were talking about there, Al Wester, are having trouble finding a home, and it's just it's just really sad. Uh, the chase for the almighty dollar has led us down a path that uh, is not sustainable and has led people to make decisions that are not in the best interest of what college athletics was built on. So um, sad is probably the adjective I use the most. I am watching this all unfold, and some of it makes no sense at all. Some of it does make a little bit of sense, but the geography of it has me hung up. You know, when you're a commissioner and you're talking to your members, how much does the travel element and the geography factor into even your scheduling and the decisions you guys make if you were potentially going to add schools to your conference someday? Yeah, you know, it's a big factor for us out west. I mean, the big sky, we're in eight states. You know, our footprint is very much like the Pac-12, very much like the Mountain West. And so, you know, we had a nice little, uh, you know, grouping here of three different levels that that were, you know, kind of set up. So it's, you know, it, it's a big factor because, you know, our schools have to jump on planes. Uh, they don't charter. And uh, so we're at the mercy of the commercial air service. And so it's a big topic that comes up as we look at the marketplace out there. And, you know, every one of our president's meetings, we talk about membership. Uh, lately, we've been talking about it with the ADs group as well. You know, communication is so important in our, in any business, but certainly in ours. And, uh, and so geography is a big deal. And, you know, these student-athletes, you know, and especially the ones who don't have the ability to charter, um, they're gone so much from campus during their season that it's really difficult to, uh, to, ha- to give them the type of college experience that, you know, many of us had that weren't traveling like that. So, so it's a big part of the discussion. Yeah, and I'm looking at, you know, the next step for the, for the Pac-4 or whatnot. And, and I want to make you speak out of school, so to speak, as one commissioner talking about another. But, you know, how big of a climb or how complicated could it be for a conference that now has four members to try to build to 8, 10, 12? Does it feel insurmountable, just tricky? 
I mean, how if, if we're sitting on a bar stool and I say, Tom, how easy would it be to you know to take a conference of four and try to make it six and eight and ten over a maybe a two year period? Well, it's it's really difficult, and uh, you know, I I really feel for those four schools. And like you mentioned, the Oregon State's president, she said exactly what she should say, and they should be trying their hardest. That's why Oliver Luck is brought in to try to figure out a solution. Um, you know, the challenge is there's just not great options out there. And, uh, you know, whether they're looking at schools from the Mountain West or the American, you know, they all have, uh, you know, uh, challenges as far as buyouts go with their media contracts and their grant of rights. You've touched on all those in your columns. And, uh, you know, I mean, so it just it's really hard. And so I totally applaud their effort because keeping that Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-8, and now Pac-4 uh, – Keeping that that you know number that name alive nationally is really important, and there's a lot that goes with it. Not only for playoffs and CFP, but legislative governance stuff within the NCAA that that the A5 conferences are given that the others aren't. So there's a a lot there besides just media contracts and media revenue. There's a ton to unpack if something happens that causes the eventual you know 100% disappearance of that brand. So. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I applaud their effort. You know, probably the part that I'm kind of stuck on now you know, as I think about this is kind of the timing of how all this plays out because, you know, in order for those four schools to find a home, whether it be in the ACC, which looks unlikely, or, or you know, grabbing some other schools, you have the pressure of the 24 season coming closer and closer every month as we go along. And, you know, there comes a date where, you know, where the TV networks that are scheduling out those games is going to have trouble absorbing some of those in. So, you know, you kind of have in some ways in my mind this three, four-month time frame where everything kind of needs to be sorted out for the fall of 24, um, or it just becomes increasingly difficult for anybody to absorb those schools or for those schools to find uh, schools to join them. Tom Wister still with us, Big Sky Conference Commissioner. Uh, you have a hell of a season in front of you. You've got five new head football coaches. You have, um, I think, some really talented players. I got to meet a few of them at Big Sky Media Day, the weekend you held in Spokane, and uh, I know they're all excited to get on the field, but uh, what are you looking forward to this football season? How excited are you? Well, I'm really excited. You know, like you said, we had a bunch of new coaches. We've got six teams. Half our conference is ranked in the top 25 preseason. So you got great, great football players, great programs. You know, I'm just really excited to see how those new coaches are going to going to blend in. You know, you had like Jason Eck, the new coach at Idaho last year, in his first year, took him to the playoffs uh, from near bottom of the conference. So you know, because the competitive nature of our league is so deep, uh, it's just going to be a really interesting year in football. And I'm really excited to to get to see our student athletes. And and for us, you know, it's like you know we've been talking about all this craziness that we were just referencing for the last you know, six, eight months, it seems like nonstop. And so to start to put the focus on football and volleyball and soccer, you know, and cross country is, is just such an exciting time. And let's start focusing on the game soon uh, instead of, you know, off the field issues. Yeah. It's interesting too, that, you know, I, I, I kind of needed that visit with your guys, with the, your football players, because there was part of me, I think in reporting about the PAX 12 stuff for the last uh, you know, a couple of years and, you know, just the turmoil and, and where it was all headed, there was part of me that kind of needed um, a return to college athletics. And to see kids 
like, you know, the quarterback at Montana State and, you know, the the linebacker at Portland State and to meet with the coaches and the assistant coaches and hear people talking about, you know, not talking about realignment, not talking about expansion, but just talking about playing for the love of the game and playing because, you know, it's part of the campus community. It really was refreshing. Well, it was great to have you and Anna there, and thank you so much for making the time for us. And, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that because we firmly believe in the big sky. We're, our conference is what college athletics is all about, and it's about the love of the game. And, yeah, there are scholarship student-athletes playing at an incredibly high level, national championship level, but, you know, but we're not we're not all about the NIL money and all about the, the media rights trying to, you know, play games any day of the of the week to get – to maximize every dollar. Home football Saturdays are really important to our conference and we're going to continue to, you know, to push those. But but again, I you know, that's the great thing about our league and being a big major conference is is we can find that balance. And uh, they can be student athletes, they can go to class, they can major in something they want to major in cuz chances are most of them are not going pro. And so we can we can really push that balance and and make it a great event for people when they come to campus and come to the games and be part of it. Uh, but at least the headlines then are on the student athletes and coaches and their success and not on the chase for the almighty media dollar. Tom Wister still with us, Big Sky Conference Commissioner. Are you concerned at all that there will be a trickle-down effect, that, you know, if, if uh, you know, let's say the Pac-12 stays together, takes some teams from the Mountain West, does the Mountain West pivot and look at the Montana schools or how do you treat that, or how do you handle that in, in today's world as a commissioner of a conference? Well, the most important thing you do is, you know, you got to keep your ear to the ground. you got to talk to a lot of people and kind of understand the marketplace, what's out there, what's going on. And then you can only worry about what you can control. You know, if one of our schools gets asked and has that ability and interest to move up to FBS and take on, you know, that cost, then, you know, there's not much we can do about that. Um, except the one thing I've done, I've really spent a lot of time with our presidents, kind of educating them on the pros and the cons of being in the uh, in the G5. And uh, I was an AD in that at that level for six years, and so I know the pros and cons for that. And uh, the Mountain West is a great conference, and Gloria and I are very good friends and talk frequently. Uh, but um, but it's not for everyone, and uh, you know. So I encourage you know those schools. Um, not just in the big sky, but across the country that are potentially looking at that to really, you know, understand the magnitude of a move to FBS, not only financially um, in the year and year after year investment in that, but also what you aspire to be at the end of the year. And uh, if you want to play in a bowl game against a team that your fans don't know in Alabama, then, you know, that's, that's the pinnacle for a lot of those teams versus in our level, you can get one of 24 spots and you can win a national championship. And that's been the goal of every one of our programs. So, so I think for us and for me, it's about educating every one of our presidents and ADs about the pros and the cons. And then after that, uh, they're going to have to make a decision on their own if they're ever faced with that. Let me ask you, you know, the NCAA tournament, it's one of these places where, you know, your conference champion gets an automatic bid, makes the big dance, the NCAA tournament. You know, the, the tournament field's been talked about. Should they expand the field? Should they remove the automatic qualifiers from small conferences? What's your viewpoint on the health of the NCAA tournament and kind of where the Big Sky champion fits in there? Yeah, great question, John. And as you know, I'm a member of one of the 12 people on the men's basketball committee. So, you know, it's, it's something we talk about, you know, certainly at our last few meetings is what does the future of the tournament look like? 
And, uh, you know, we really look at it as we're kind of not just stewards of college basketball, but kind of the NCA as well. We're talking, you know, 97% of the revenue that the NCA brings in is as a result of the men's basketball tournament. So, you know, we, we don't just take it lightly that, you know, hey, let's just increase it by four teams or eight teams or 20 teams and, and just kind of, you know, haphazardly make that decision because the impact has huge implications across the country. So, so that's why we're, we're going to take a wait-and-see approach on this and keep talking about it. Um, the basketball tournament, in my mind, very biased is the greatest three weeks in sports, and it we own the entire country, and quite frankly, a lot of the world that pay attention to sports, and we got to be really careful about any tweak to that. And uh, it is the one thing that binds us all together. And uh, all 360, you know, roughly is the number right now. Division one schools all have access to that tournament. So, so we got to be really careful about any any tweaks we'd make to it. It's something we're going to be very cautious about from the Big Sky perspective. It, it creates great excitement for us to get seeding during the regular season that leads to our conference tournament in Boise because we know one team is getting in. And, and so to play to that, uh, to that level and, and to that point uh, in late, uh, you know, late March like that, late February, early March, is just the pinnacle of what the college athletics experience is about for the big sky. So excited about the future with that, and it'll be a slow, slow progress as far as any expansion goes. Tom Wistersill, thank you. Big Sky Conference Commissioner, appreciate you. Always good to be with you, John. There he is, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. Anna will be popping into the studio for the 5 at 5. She will handle that. I have so much more ahead, including Punch It Audio, coming up next. Stanford Steve on the show earlier. Steve Coughlin from ESPN. Also a visit from uh, Tom Wistersill, the Big Sky Conference Commissioner. A couple of guests on today's show. Uh, we have done the guests as scheduled, but I kind of, uh, I kind of smiled when Steve, when Stanford Steve talked about, um, talked about the planning of the show and the rundown of the show. Steve, and I'm sure you smiled as well when he said rundown of the show because the rundown of this show is different than most sports radio shows. It's not like we script every segment. And in fact, the show sheet that I sent out to the staff right before the show today just included the names and the phone numbers of the guests, most of the segments open, some benchmarks like Punch It Audio and The Big Splash, um, the 5 at 5 designated where they're supposed to go in the show. They make sense. They generally stay It's pretty static to some extent. But I just let the show kind of go where it goes every day. And I... I don't cringe as much, I think, as other sports radio show hosts cringe when they get into the dead of summer, because I got plenty to talk about always, and the show is so free-flowing that sometimes those summer day shows end up being the best shows, and I'm never struggling for material or guests, and I never book a guest just to fill a segment. I hate that. I hate when I, I can tell when other radio hosts do it. When I travel around, I listen to other shows. And I can tell when they book a guest just to book a guest. And I can tell when radio producers reach out to me and they want me to come on a show. I can tell sometimes that they're just trying to fill space. And I'm like, eh, I'm probably not going to do that interview. And I, you know, if I have something to talk about that I'm in the middle of, yes. If this topic is relevant, yes. But Stephen... Like, on today's show, we were supposed to do Punch It Audio at 324. Didn't happen. 
We were supposed to do the big splash at like 345. Didn't happen. We we had Stanford Steve booked. He came on right where he was supposed to. Uh, good on me. Tom Wister still came on right where he was supposed to. I'm batting like 500 on the show today. Well, and, and to give you credit, um, you didn't know exactly what time Tom Wistershill was going to come on. Uh, you know, it was it was up in the air, and you figured it out right before the show. So you gave us a little, little bit of heads up for there. So I'll give you some more points for that. So you're, you're- Yeah, I did, huh? Because originally, Stanford Steve was booked for four. He wanted to come on at four. And then Tom Wistershill said, can I come on at four? And I said, sure. <laughs> and then I went, right before the show, I went, we can't do that. That's not going to work. And so... I went back to the Big Sky Commissioner and I said, hey, you, you can do 324 or 424 or even 524 because those segments are open. You know, have at it. And right before the show, he said, okay, 424. And I said, all right, we're going to go back to back with the guests. That's okay. I'll do that. I mean, an, but, hour, an hour prep time for that, that's perfect. You know, we, uh, you know, yeah. no offense, John. I, I don't expect to know anything right before you tell me to do it. So <laughs> that's right. I'm always on my toes, though. But, but my larger point is the show goes where it's supposed to go. Like, I don't have that problem. I've heard other people say this. I have other people even in the Portland market who ho- have hosted radio shows or host shows who will tell me, oh, the summer sucks. Oh, it's so hard in the summer. I'm like, what are you talking about? The show just, it's the same. It goes where it's supposed to go. It's not that hard. Like, this this segment even. Like, nobody scripted what we were going to say. Nobody talked about it. It's just unfolding. Like, life. Like, we're in line at a coffee shop having a conversation. Let's do it, you know? You don't have to make it overcomplicate it. Don't script out the show. Let's not overthink it. No, no, no. We have to be talking about the Oregon defense at 448 and why it doesn't have an identity. That's why these coaches complain to me. They're like, I get the same stupid questions everywhere I go. I don't want to do that interview. Stanford Steve, just got him on. Let's see where this goes. Tom Wisterson, let's see where it goes. In fact, punch it audio. Let's see where it goes. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Fish Truth Headquarters. Hey, we're all about truth, justice, and the American way here, okay? Which is why we've spanned the globe and pulled the top audio cuts of the day. You're going to hear little snippets of sound. Hey, it's time for Punch It Audio. Presented by First Call Heating and Cooling. Let's start with the commissioner of the Mountain West Conference, Gloria Navarez. She was on 95.3 The Ticket in Boise, Idaho. Boise State country, talking about exit fees. Are exit fees negotiable? The Mountain West has a $34 million exit fee. Here's the commissioner's standpoint or stance on exit fees. Punch it. Certainly that's the starting point. Um, That's what they're designed to do. It's not supposed to be an estoppel from keeping schools from ever leaving, but it's really to give us the requisite notice, but also some financial backing to either right size negative impacts on our media agreements or backfill with new members. So really they're designed to protect the league um, should schools want to leave with appropriate notice. Um, but you know, like any company, if there are exceptional circumstances, we, we, we want to be flexible enough to address those as well. That's interesting. There's some wiggle room on the exit fees. Keep an eye on San Diego State, Boise State probably asking that question because they're wondering, hey, do they fit somewhere else? Um, I think it's going to be an interesting time. Worcester still brought something up in that last interview that just jumped out at me. I don't know if this jumped out at you. But the Big Sky Conference commissioner was talking. When I asked him about how difficult it is to put conferences together, if you're starting with four teams like Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal, how hard is it to add teams? He talked about the timeline. 
the ticking clock, how fast the 2024 season comes. And he mentions, you know, look, there's still a few months to play with, but the clock is ticking for each of the schools. And it's ticking in a different way because the Mountain West Conference, if you're going to join them in your Oregon State and Washington State, is at some point going to want to know, are you coming in for 2024 or not? Keep an eye on that, the ticking clock and how tricky it potentially could get. But I reported today at johnconzano.com, Oliver Luck, Andrew Luck's father, sent three kids to Stanford, another kid to Yale. He has uh, served as an executive in the NCAA. He's been an exec, you know, in the NFL. He was a quarterback when he played in the NFL with AD of West Virginia. Big 12 had hired him as a consultant. SMU has hired him as a consultant. Well, guess what? The four remaining schools in the Pac-12 conference have hired Oliver Luck as a consultant to help them with a rebuild of the conference. Is there something there? They've got a consultant slash possible commissioner working on their behalf. I find that really interesting, and uh, I'll be interested to see what happens. Now, you want to hear some of what Oliver Luck talked about? Well, here's Oliver Luck on a podcast with myself and John Wilner talking about college athletes becoming employees. I'm just going to give you a taste of kind of what he's like and who he is as an administrator and consultant. Punch it. You know, I, I, if any, if there's any, you know, cautionary tale coming out of the situation at Colorado, which I'm following a little bit. I'm friends with Rick George. I live yeah. in the state of Colorado. Uh, so I'm, I'm following that. It's that, you know, be careful what you wish for student athletes. Uh, you know, so, you know, I don't know how many players went into the portal from, you know, from the Buffalo football team. And obviously they, they had a pretty lousy season last year and can certainly understand the desire to you know, swap out uh, almost every player. But, you know, as a, as an employee, you know, look what's happening around the country, right? Yeah. You know, ESPN's laying off 7,000 employees and, you know, Facebook or Meta or whatever, uh, they are, you know, 20,000 and, you know, 3M is laying off 15,000, right? So if you're an employee, you're a cog in the system. The three of us in this call realize that uh, because we've all worked and I'm sure have all been, you know, laid off at some at some point. So I think, you know, student athletes have to be a little bit careful of what they wish for. I, I do believe that schools should really take a hard look in the NCAA shape, should take a hard look at some sort of revenue share. Some- All right, there, there's Oliver Luck. You get a kind of a taste of who he is. Really interesting to kind of see that uh, as it unfolds. Pete Thamel says Oregon State camp is buzzing about Aiden Childs. I'll play his comments coming up. Oregon State's quarterback, young quarterback, Aiden Childs, wowing some people. Plus the outlook this season with Russell Wilson. Plus uh, also we'll talk... Uh, potentially about Cal and Stanford to the ACC. Looks like they're going to fall short, but would would they fit? How do they fit? Anna's coming up with the 5 at 5. All of that still ahead. I want you to leave it locked in here. Hour number three. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.